Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu. Uh, today, what is today? I always look. The May 17th, 17th it's early. It's earlier than we usually do it for a couple of good reasons, which we'll get into. I'm Larry Gassman. John Gassman is here. Jeff Bishop is here. Jason Cassinway is here. Even Brian Charleston is here. There are so many guests and more to talk and about. Brad's here. Brad is here for, for Clubhouse, but there are so many guests. We're very excited about that. And welcome, everybody, to Main Menu. And Jeff, maybe you can help us get acquainted with some of the people we'll be chatting with over the next couple of hours. All right, let's do it. Hey, good evening, everybody, and Base welcome. Audio now unmuted. Ooh, we're hearing some speech there. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're waiting for our our primary guest tonight so angela if if mike appears in the uh audience then let me know uh you can go and promote him over to the panelist side if you don't mind uh tonight we're here to talk a a lot about artificial intelligence and uh which uh is is just really top of mind right now and we're gonna as soon as mike arrives we're gonna dive right into uh that conversation find out what the latest happenings are with be my eyes be my eyes is going to be presenting at this year's uh, ACB National Conference and Convention. So uh, I think that's going to be on Tuesday, if I recall correctly. And, and please don't hold me to that. I, I, <laughs> I'm getting older, so my memory is going away. Um, but uh, <laughs> so uh, th- that's happening at convention, but we're here to get updates from, from Mike tonight on what's happening, what's happening with the product. Some of us uh, uh, are, are, are testing the product itself and um, we'll, we'll share some feedback or as much as Mike will allow us to share. Uh, and then uh, in the second hour, we're going to dive deeper into a, a, a plethora of, uh, of topics. Uh, one being I'm moving to Tucson. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, some, some interesting challenges that, that, you know, what is it like when you're moving back home to your house and you've been away for a number of years uh, and things are no longer available for purchase. Brian has a, some suggestions or had a suggestion. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk to Brian about all things AI and, and what he's going to be up to at this year's uh, annual conference and convention. We're going to spend some time talking about what the Information Access Committee is going to be up to at the convention this year. And boy, do we have a lot happening. We've sort of given you a, a sneak preview of that, but we have all of the final details mostly ironed out. We're, we're doing some last minute scoping of some of the technical details on some of the presentation materials with TPGI, but we'll, we'll fill you in on those details and, and just a lot more. We'll just banter some technology back and forth. And most importantly, um, if you guys have questions in the audience, you can raise your hand and, and ask any questions that are pertinent to you. Um, if we know the answer, we'll either, uh, tell you the right answer or we'll make one up. Um, no, we'll, we'll try to give you the right answer. That's probably the better thing to do. Hey, uh, Larry, before we get into uh, things, do we know if Mike is here yet? I haven't seen him yet, but I'm looking now. 
Okay. Can someone drop him an email? I can send him, and, send him a quick email, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that would be great. Okay. Uh, I wanted to announce something uh, on the Microsoft front. Uh, as many of you know, I work as a uh, product manager uh, at Microsoft and uh, work on the Windows accessibility team and work on Narrator. And um, if, if you're a, a member of the Windows Insider program and in you have installed the developer channel version of the Windows Insider builds, then... Um, we announced something pretty darn neat uh, in the last couple of weeks. I think it's been a couple of weeks. Boy, you know, you never really keep track of all of these things because it just things constantly change. So it's been it's been at least a week or so. Um, and we've we've been hard at work on some some really cool features uh, centered around uh, Narrator and Excel. And you know, w- one of the th- things that our team has has really strived to do is to uh, work on Windows enhancing Windows in in reference to our screen reader being able to be more efficient and productive um, across Windows itself. And so, um, if you uh, have had an opportunity to to uh, go look at that, you can go to your favorite search engine and search for Narrator and Excel. I'm sure you'll find the blog post. There's a a very detailed document that outlines all of the improvements that we've made but we've been sharing it with a a number of of customer groups and uh, they have been extremely excited about the work that we've been driving so um very very cool stuff very 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 exciting we're we're really really happy with the work that we drove there so i just wanted to announce that so if you're a member of the windows insider program and you're on the dev channel and you're also involved in the office 365 developer channel uh then uh, or a current channel, actually, then you you too can test this and give it a try. It's not currently; um, it's only available in Insider, you know. And there's no guarantee that things that are Insider will ship, right? That's their standard disclaimer for that from a Microsoft perspective. But just wanted to just wanted to you know make people aware of of, of that. Um, very 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 cool stuff. And in All the right. event that it does ship, how like how far ahead? Is it typically uh, of of the date when it might ship out and get to those of us who are not on those channels? Uh, uh, well, uh, um, I really can't talk about when things may or may not ship because uh, I, I, you know, we we generally don't talk about release dates because all all of those things are are based. They'll ship. You know, we we ship when we're you know when we meet specific quality and there's there's a number of factors that go into play there, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't worry. I, I'm sure Microsoft will will make uh, lots of uh, announcements centered around that when it finally ships and and and, and all of that. Um, you know, uh, but again, those things that are insider, uh, you know, just for, as, as a disclaimer, uh, are not necessarily guaranteed to actually ship. Right? That's just a standard disclaimer. They're, especially in the Dev Channel, they're 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 in that channel for a reason and uh but uh yeah we were we we worked really long and hard on those so we're real excited about it so we should talk about that in the in in a while um when we you know and uh, maybe we can devote an hour to 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 that and actually demonstrate it and be kind of cool to to show that off all right um let's see let's let's bring in our our uh people on the on the panelist side and introduce everyone before we uh, get to to mike uh, have we heard from mike yet not yet i, I don't think so no. waiting to hear from him i just emailed him 
Okay. All right. So we might we might do this backwards. Um. All right. So tonight, uh, we we could not get enough of Brian Charlson. You know, he he. Uh, I don't know how he did this, but he was able to get Paul to broadcast from a from a ship. Right, a cruise ship, right, Brian? No. That's right, no. off the coast of Maine. He, we guilted Paul into doing it because he wasn't going to do it at first. <clears throat> wow, how was how was the? I, I did not listen to that last night. How was the audio quality? Choppy, absolutely terrific. Actually, it was uh, pretty good. Except sounded, in my house, <laughs> he probably sounded better than he did in his home studio. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's wow. True. Are you are you on your high LPR forty right now, uh, Brian? Yes. It sounds yes, like you it. sound like it. Yeah. Marvelous tones there. So, well, well welcome, sir. Um, let's see. And and with us tonight, as as a <clears> member <throat> of the Information Access Committee as well, and and all things uh, music extraordinaire, that being Jason Castingway. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jeff. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for uh, coming along, and thanks for entertaining me yesterday at the office. Uh, <laughs> no you were, problem. Uh, you were you were. How's that trumpet playing coming along? Well, it's not as easy as the piano. No? Okay. <laughs> no, not quite. No, you're, you're, you're embouchure. You're working on that, right? I'm working on it. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's good one day and bad the next. And I never know how it's going to be. So uh, That's all right. You're, you're a perfectionist. You'll get it figured out. I will. And, and uh, it's all good. It's it's it, it's excellent. Okay. And and Brad is hanging out in clubhouse and with his feet up on a table and probably uh, kicking one back or or doing something that you do in a club or in a house, whichever you want to prefer. <laughs> hey, Brad, how are you? <laughs> Brad is Brad, Brad is so enthused in what he's doing. He's not unmuting himself. <laughs> So we'll we'll, uh, we'll come back to we'll come back to Brad and then John of course is here and he already spoke up but uh, John have you have you told the world about about what's happening with you oh, there we go oh. oh hey Brad no now I'm unmuted there you are glad you said that because had anything been going on in Clubhouse you wouldn't have heard it so that's no good. not at all no but mostly no. Clubhouse can hear you so that's good that, all right that's glad good to be yeah. here guys. But thank you. Sorry, for you being caught here, me. Ben. Had the feet on the desk, and you know, I know, settling, I, I know. settling in for a good show. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, and and John, have you told the world what's happening with you yet, or is that not public yet? Well, do you mean around my job? Yeah, I I've mentioned it to leadership, uh, but I can mention it today. Uh, before I before I mention the retirement end of it, today's my. 20th anniversary with Disney and wow uh, not too many people hang around a company for that long although I we got a lot of people who are who've been there a lot longer than I have uh, and I'm gonna retire uh, on Disney's 68th birthday which will be July 17 and so kind of looking forward to it I mean it's time to, to do some different things but I enjoy the the time I was there and, and met wonderful people so it's it's been a good 20 years well, very good. Congratulations. That's uh, very, very exciting. We're, I'm, uh, I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for Mike here, but I do not see him. I see his LinkedIn invitation that he sent me, but I do not see him uh, with any other responses. So, 
So, uh, Brian, what can you tell us what you're going to be up to at convention this year? Well, let's see. Uh, keep in mind, I'm the kind of the conference coordinator for Library Users of America. Right. And we have a history of joining with other special interest affiliates as we put together programming for the national convention. On Sunday, we have a couple of back-to-back -back sessions, which I think are what you're referring to. So those sessions are all going to be on artificial intelligence in one way or another. One of those two sessions will be about how it directly affects us as blind and visually impaired people. We'll have people speaking from places like uh, the National Library Service, uh, our good friends over at uh, Learning Ally and others about how AI may impact or might already be impacting those organizations and uh, us as consumers of that. And the second section is going to be all about what the big players are up to relative to AI. By big players, I mean Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple. There are okay. certain other players in that space. But those four companies clearly, as far as the media are concerned, are the big players in that space. So these will both be hybrid six, uh, sections. And as a result, you can either be there or be online and still benefit from those two sessions. Okay. And and uh, are you actually going to get representatives from all four of the big players? Or I, I had to submit uh, invited and waiting for response. We're getting some responses, but it's not high up enough in the food chain for me to be happy. But I've okay. been... Okay, no, 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 no. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Right. I've been collecting content, the official statements by company CEOs and yeah, yeah, yeah. research and that kind of stuff. So we won't be lacking audio content in that regard. Oh, no, I, I, I think there's plenty out there already that I think you, you, you would be, um, com you know, completely successful in, in, in doing that. Now, now, I know you've been playing a lot with AI, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you've been doing it um, all up. Now, now uh, I have a, a coworker who, um, who also runs a, a, a website, which uh, I did not ask his permission to give out the website, so I probably shouldn't. But uh, he, he's a, a, a coworker, and he um, has been playing a lot with AI. And I thought uh, he put up a video demonstrating some, some interesting things having to do with uh, you know, drawing using artificial intelligence. Have you done much of this, Brian? I have. Um, in fact, I'm working on a, a website of my own for a project called Brian's Man Cave Kitchen. And I designed my website logo using it. Okay, now what, did, now what did you use to do that? Um, God, what is the damn thing called? There's so many of them, and I've tried so many of them that I don't recall which one I actually had the most success with. What's What's interesting is you can type in a request for a particular situation. So mm -hmm. in my particular case, I wanted a caveman standing in front of a cave with a fire at his feet. And it came up with four pictures that were roughly that. I 
with the assistance of a sighted person, picked which one of the four I really liked and asked it to re, uh, redo its ideas based on this particular image. So it's riffing off of what it already had. And then later, I asked it to put a chef's hat on the so cable, a pair of sunglasses, and for him to be holding a wire whisk. And through a variety of iterations, eventually that's what I came up with, and it's now <laughs> on my website. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And this is not a, a something that it's a matter of cutting and pasting. It's actually generated out of common aspects of the picture content the AI was trained with. So it has a concept of what a caveman means. Sure. It's not taking and doing a cut and paste the way you and I might have been forced to do it in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. I have to say, it has some pretty bizarre ideas of what cavemen uh, could look like. Uh, and I and my sister uh, laughed our heads off to, uh, going through the choices. Interesting. Okay. Now, so um, I, I wanted to sort of set this up. Uh, this is a video. Larry, do you have the video queued up? Yeah, give me just a second. I will grab it. Okay, so this is a uh, this is a video of uh, my colleague Manish, and he is using Adobe Fly. Um, which did you, have you played with that? Uh, no, I haven't. It it comes with something called a cost. So I'm doing everything on the cheap. So I'm only okay. doing. Demo okay. versions of things at this point. I'm ready. When okay, I didn't know Adobe Fly. One of the best. It's considered yeah. one of the best out there. Okay. Well, I have. I did not know that that this actually cost. I did. I have not done that amount of research into it. But he was showing this to me in the today, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is very very cool. So, so this is a this is a video that that Manish put together using uh, Clipchamp, which is a Microsoft video editor. Uh, he did it. Uh, entirely, but he's he's a screen reader user. Uh, edited the video himself using Clipchamp. Uh, put the content together, including the back, you know, music track and and uh, stitched all stitched all the video together along with the talking track and all of that. So, uh, are you ready, Larry? I am. All right, let's play it. Hi, I'm Manish Agarwal. I am the founder of iAccessible iAccessible is a social enterprise that I set up to connect people with disabilities to product makers. As a blind person, I often have the need to draw an image or depict my thoughts in a graphic. I had the chance to use Adobe Firefly and I have to say I was blown away with what I could do with this tool. I can ask Adobe Firefly to draw any picture for me. Generate text to image button. For example, I can ask it to draw an astronaut out for a spacewalk. And it created four images for me. The process still here were very easy and completely accessible. It would have been really nice if the AI that generated these four images also depicted in text what the difference between these four images is for to allow me to select one of them variation three or four figure variation three or four graphic as a screen reader user right now i cannot tell what is the difference there's a very large 
almost mind-boggling number of variations that I can choose to tweak these images that were generated. I can choose a doodle technique with black and white um, and a dramatic lighting in a wide-angle view and regenerate the images. As you can see, my imagination is really brought to life here. I want to look at another feature where I can provide text effects. Generate text effects button. I recently had um, the need to print t-shirts for iAccessible. We were going to a conference and I had the word iAccessible printed as boring plain text on those t-shirts. Had I known about this tool, I could have done something out of reach and out. like what I'll show here. No I'll put the text iAccessible. And let's say I want to show my mood of a sunny day on the beach. Again, the tool generated variations of the text iAccessible that really reflect the prompt. With this tool, every person on our team could have selected a different pattern that reflects their personality or their mood. It was very helpful that the tool is accessible and the various examples given here in the gallery are all appropriately labeled with alt text. Grouping figure graphic a modern house sitting on an island in a pond surrounded by mountains. Concept art. This was very helpful for me to understand the capabilities of this tool. I have never felt so empowered to be able to draw as a blind person and provide this level of detail in the inputs for what needs to be displayed. Thanks for your time. So that's Manish. He's a uh, product uh, maker, product manager on uh, the Windows accessibility team as well. And uh, I've been working with him for quite some time. He's, uh, he's, he's quite a, an amazing character. He's, he's fun to work with. So just, very just an example. Very much like my experience. I haven't quite gone to creating videos with it as of yet, but it truly does blow your mind what you can do. When they say, you know, you're only limited by your imagination. This is true when it comes yeah. to doing this kind of thing. Now, absolutely, we've we've heard over time about um, this whole concept of AI having the ability to lie. So if you say you want the picture of an astronaut on the moon, it may vaguely look like an astronaut on the moon. But it may be in a spacesuit that looks more like, um, oh, I don't know, an old-fashioned cartoon of that. And that is very difficult to detect, um, whether or not it's cartoonish or photograph-like, those kinds of things. Those nuances are not necessarily understandable by you. Absolutely, it, it, but it's it's truly amazing. It is. Now, um, I, I'm wondering, Larry and uh, Angela, if Mike is actually in the audience, but not under his name. I wondered that too. I just called his mobile, and it went to voicemail. Why not okay. ask him to raise his hand? That's exactly what I was just going to say. There is a hand so Mike raised is... already, but I don't know so that that's Mike. So let's see who it is. is. Let's see who that is. There's an Austin Benevitt. 
Benavidez. Uh, we let's bring him up and this just check, and then we can always put. We can always don't promote find him, out just, then, don't, just unmute him. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Austin, are you really Austin or are you Mike? Austin? AI. It's AI, right? Is that is that is that what it is? Okay. Get that, kids. When I'm not talking, the butcher was talking. I hate that. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. so. That is you, Austin. Okay, Austin. We're gonna we're gonna have you wait just a minute, if you don't mind. And yeah, then we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. There you go. Okay. Um, there are a lot of phone numbers. Like the eight hundred five has been here since we've been on. Yeah, I don't know if that. Do, do you know? I'm, I'm looking uh, at his area. I'm going to look for his area code now. Eight hundred five four four six. That's been on here since we were on. Okay. All right. Um, I will keep an I'll I'll keep an eye on email. Larry and see if he uh, he arrives as well. I want to ap apologize to everyone for the snafu uh, here. We were just communicating with Mike actually uh, just about twenty minutes before we all connected on Zoom. So, and you're pretty sure he got this idea that we were eight o'clock Eastern, not eight o'clock Pacific. Yes. Yes. I he actually asked that, and I right. emailed him back and said, you know, five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern. So yeah, yeah, I I did very specifically uh, mention that to him. So uh, at least I, I believe that's what I I'm gonna check it's that. Exactly what uh, you told Brian. him. That's no, you I did saw. tell him that. Yeah. I, okay, I did right. I don't think he responded after that, but he no, have. I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not see a response. So. All right. Well, let's just keep going. So, so I, I, I wanted to talk just a little bit, Brian, because you and I had a conversation about this and, and I, I always want to bring up kitchen things with you around because you were the kitchen, uh, the, you know, kitchen maestro of ACB. You seem to be all oh. up on, on the latest of, of things. And uh, as you know, I am, I'm returning to Arizona in, in June. I'm, I'm moving back. And, um, and so we were talking about, uh, you, you know, talking appliances such as the the Amazon Smart Oven, which w really wasn't very smart when it came to uh, you know air frying, of course. But uh, it was it was more like air slow frying. Uh, but um, hydrator, yeah, yes, yes. Um, and and now now you never really went with one of these types of things, right? You you. I actually bought the first one out, which was you know i had in my uh office at the carroll center and it was really good at doing things like heating a cup of coffee but it wasn't yeah. a full-fledged unit you had to have something like a dot and the dot would be communicating with the microwave rather than you communicating directly with the microwave Right. Now that's true even of mine. Like there's a dot that sits on top of it. In fact, they tell you you have that's the way that you have to do it. Even with the 
the one that has all the ex- extended features on it, right? Because I think they, they came out with two models of it. One was initially the the initial one, and then they came out with one that had you know five different functions or whatever. Isn't that right, Brian? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and, and I don't think they changed that. Uh, but they're not making this anymore, including the uh, overlays for the the unit itself i don't think you can purchase those anymore either can you not to my knowledge no there's always kind of a secondary market out there some someone probably bought up uh you know a flat of these when they were being accessed uh out of one of the warehouses and so some might pop up from time to time kind of like when you're shopping with uh ebay you know if you monitor certain words then you can see when somebody oh, yeah. up there that that isn't really for sale. There's a lot of things on Amazon that aren't for sale on Amazon anymore, but are on sale elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay, so now you and Kim are recommending the June, right? Isn't that the oven that you're that's, that you guys? That's the one that my friends have all recommended to me. That it has many more features than the regular Amazon units have. Uh, It's very Alexa enabled. It's also got a great app for your iPhone so you could control virtually everything using your iPhone as kind of a universal remote to your uh, oven. And it is a multifunction like like yours was supposed to be, air fry, regular bake, regular nuke, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And it also has sensors built into it. So you can buy a product line of June-enabled frozen dinners and that kind of thing. And as you put it into the unit, it detects that label and automatically sets the cooking instructions that are appropriate for it. It also is capable of some uh, form of what would I call it um, pattern recognition uh-huh, so uh-huh. it's looking at what you're putting in if you put a potato in it knows that's a potato and gives you a preset for baking a potato that kind of thing so it's it's really a smart oven it's not just an oven you can control with your voice it is a true smart oven it is a countertop device um, and it's fairly large. This is this is not something for uh, a person who has limited counter space. It's bigger than a standard, if you will, microwave. Yeah, so we're going to have to get the measurements on. I hope they put it on sale in June. That would be appropriate, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be good? Because that's kind of when I want to buy it is in June. So that would be... I'm in, a, I'm in this position where I tend to buy things not version 1.0 but maybe 2.0 uh-huh or well, well june's been around I, a while though i hate thinking about uh anything with a 0.0 to be honest with you i'm i'm not a beta tester kind of guy when i put my money down i want it to work the way it should work and i'm now in a position where i really should get a new air fryer i really should get a new microwave but the space I have available won't let me put those two things in the same volume of space. I might do it anyway. Very cool. Well, speaking of beta, uh, uh, 
I wanted to turn things over to Jason and and Brad because there's been quite a, a, a plethora of announcements from Apple and Amazon, by the way. In fact, Amazon surprised us today with some announcements. And so have either one of you kept up to date on the Apple announcements this week? I have. Um, I, I read the email anyway, kind of going over some of the features. Oh, oh, the press release, yeah. The, the press release, yes. And mm-hmm. I find the idea of the enhanced LiDAR detection, for example, it was pointed out, <laughs> pointed out, no pun intended, uh, that smaller objects like buttons can be recognized simply by holding the phone in this mode uh, and pointing at buttons. And the. Yeah, with detection, your finger, right? Right, with your finger. Yeah. So that to oh. me is really exciting. Um, there's actually a video. Often... Did you watch the video? Oh no, I didn't. There's a, there's a video where they show uh, someone actually doing this, and they're they're standing in front of a, a microwave, and they're holding their iPhone, and then they're pointing at the different buttons on the on the microwave, wow. and it speaks, you know, popcorn and you know whatever um, mm-hmm. the the buttons actually set on them. Uh, now, now that was interesting. I thought that was interesting, but the, but there were some really intriguing announcements um, that were not necessarily blindness related. That I think are yes. are are significant, significantly life changing. Um, Brad, did you did you look at this press release? No, apparently I've been in a cave. Uh, I did see there was uh, a news item about some. Uh, enhanced accessibility features. I haven't read it. Uh, it's probably what Jason's talking about. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so w- one of the things that they're doing is they're allowing you to, um, to train your uh, own voice with your device. It does it all on device, by the way. Basically what they do is they have you read up to 15 minutes of phrases that they show you on screen. And then it will then generate a, replica of your voice to be used as uh, a, a voice for someone that might have say ALS or, or someone that might have a disability exactly. where they might lose their voice. Exactly. Um, Not intended to allow you to get a voice print of yourself and turn you. No, Siri. no, no, no. You can't no, make that kind no, of, of course thing. not. No, it's absolutely a support for people who have a difficult time talking. Right, but but what was interesting was they even talked about it being used on phone calls, where because right now you can't do that if you're on a phone call and you're having voiceover talk, voiceover does not go onto, you know, the phone call, right? I mean, unless you are on another phone and then someone's holding up a phone to the, you know, holding up another iPhone to, to your phone and doing it that way, right? But if you're just on an iPhone and you're using voiceover while you're on a call, then the person is not hearing voiceover come across the the phone in general. This, on the other hand, is going to allow for that, thus allowing people to communicate, you know, with family and friends and, you know, whatever they need to do using this AI-generated voice. That's true. And I, I guess it's similar to being able to use a custom keyboard Instead right. of the default keyboard, here it it preempts those kinds of things. Now, the demo that I saw, it was all using native apps on the iOS device, not right. party apps. 
at this point anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure this is going to mainly be centered around, although who knows? We should know, though, in about, what, three weeks? Because, uh, uh, you know, WWDC is coming in that day that we should get a, a beta version of iOS 17. And I, I'm sure there will be plenty of people who will be talking it up at that point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like... Um, wheelchair ramps and uh, uh audible traffic signals it was designed with one purpose in mind but mm -hmm. believe me people will find ways to make it do other things than what it was originally intended for and we right. can get it from those as well right and, and and then they also came out with some uh some features to basically uh pare down the the complexity of the iphone user experience uh, exactly and yeah. not only not only make it simpler but make it more consistent yes we'll find certain things always at the top of the screen the name mm -hmm. of the app that you're using you'll yep. find certain things always at the bottom of the screen navigation capability right. that kind of thing so it's it's a cognitive thing not just reducing Correct. things but making the interface so there's some consistency there. And I think that's really useful for a screen reader user, actually. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering how this sort of places the iPhone in the realm of, say, the blind shell type device, where, of course, the blind shell has, you know, uh, buttons, obviously, so that there's a very substantial difference there. But I'm wondering if this, this is sort of trying to answer that question of, you know, reducing the cognitive load of users being able to effectively use their device in ways that are more meaningful. I don't yeah, know. I, there's an awful lot of iPhone owners out there who just want a phone with the simplest of features on it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and this was before the, the shell was out there. But also, you know, there's some advantage to ha having in your hand something that the sighted person also has. Even if the screen looks a little different, they might still be able to provide you with some peer-to-peer -peer support, even though they're not blind themselves. Right, right. Jason, was there anything else from uh, the Apple accessibility announcement that you Let me interrupt for just a second, if you don't mind, and ask Angela to go find Mike. It's He's under Mike, M-I-K-E. Oh, Mike is here. And promote him. I got him. You got him? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mike has joined the meeting. We now return to Jeff Bishop. All right, cool. <laughs> About time Mike, that guy Mike showed up. You. We love that. Um, real quick, um, Jason, was there anything else that you wanted to... Uh, to talk about from the Apple announcement? Uh, I'm not remembering offhand anything additional, but um, I, I am excited for everything that we've seen. And I imagine there will be more along the way that will be discovered. And um, I'm, yeah, we'll, I'm we'll see. Excited. I, I, yeah. I think, I think the, uh, the other thing that was interesting is they're going to allow you to double the speed of the Siri voices for those oh, yes, of us yes. that want to be able to use them as voiceover voices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that, the that's really interesting. It seems to currently happen. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, some some kind of a uh, you know quality tuning improvements there. 
All right. Well, well, listen. Uh, better late than never, of course, uh, and and that's okay because this is it's, it's all good. Mike, are you able to stay with us a little bit longer past six tonight? Yeah. What, whatever you need, guys. I really apologize for being late. I, uh, no, I had it on no, my no, calendar no. at a specific it's, time. No, no, you're you're. It, Was I right? I, I want to know: is this a real mic or is this an AI voice? <laughs> yeah, is this AI or is this is this? I will virtual, never tell. Volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you were okay. absolutely right. Yeah, I was right. No, no, no. It's, it, it, we, we are. That is that is one of the uh, the ACB qualities, right? Is being you know completely adaptable. So we're it's, it's all good. We'll make you know we'll make this work. Well, well, good evening, Mike, and, and welcome to Main Menu Live. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, you uh, you you really hit a splash this year, and, and it, with with the Be My Eyes announcement of uh, of you know all the work that you're doing, it it's been a, a an invaluable tool for for a very very long time. And um, just to be fully transparent, uh, I don't know if you know or not. I, I work at Microsoft. I'm a I'm a product manager working on the Windows accessibility team, and, and I know that you've been working alongside uh, Microsoft in reference to um, the Disability Answer Desk, and and that's been part of Be My Eyes for 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 quite some time, and and, and then of course AI sort of exploded on the scene, and and uh, you know with uh, Chat GPT, and and the, and then of course the new Bing, and, and and all of these things, and then and then we all woke up one day and and saw this press release all about uh, what you were doing and 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 what a coup you <laughs> kind of a kind of a brilliant brilliant moment and I thought maybe we could start here just to because maybe not there's there's quite a number of people here both on clubhouse and listening on zoom and listening on the stream probably about a about a hundred people right now so um just maybe we can start with just telling a little bit about the story about how did this whole process come about? And then we can, you know, dive deeper and let all of our panelists ask questions too. Yeah, sure. No, happy to do it, Jeff. And, you know, thank you for the work that you and Microsoft do. It's, um, I think I, I said this to someone the other day, a, a lot of companies kind of talk the talk about accessibility, but I really do feel Microsoft tries to walk the walk. Um, and, uh, and its commitment is, is incredibly strong. And as you said, you know, Microsoft's been a customer of Be My Eyes on our specialized help, which is our corporate product for uh, call centers for five years, you know, and so the, it's, it's, we're very fortunate to have that relationship. So, so thank you. Um, so I called OpenAI uh, in December um, under the belief that, you know, new technologies related to artificial intelligence could have benefits for the, com you know, the, the community of blind and low vision globally. Um, it was my hope that we could talk about training models, for example. Um, you know, we have data from calls and I'm sure they have, you know, huge sets of data, of course. And the talks were sort of just, you know, languishing a bit. And then, uh, in early February, they called and they said, can you keep a secret? And I said, this is intriguing. I think I can. And, uh, they told us about GPT-4 and it was interesting because they just asked you know, they, they, they asked for our commitment to be silent about it. They didn't make us sign NDAs or things like that. And they explained to us what the tool was and how it's this remarkable uh, visual recognition tool that goes far and beyond most other visual recognition tools that are out there. And of course, allows you to converse back and forth and answer follow ask and answer follow-up questions. Um, and they said, will you be our exclusive launch partner for this? 
And I said, look, I have to talk to Hans, our founder, and we want to play with this and make sure this thing actually works. And uh, we were blown away, absolutely blown away by it after testing it for about a 48-hour period. I called them back and I said, we would love to be your launch partner, but there's something you need to know about Be My Eyes and our ethos, and that is um, we make our products and services uh, available for free to the community of blind and low vision globally. Is that okay with you? And they said, yep. And we were off to the races. And five weeks later, we had developed a product together. So it happened very quickly. So when I first got access to, um, and, and I, I promise I won't speak too much about, because we're all under NDA, of course, but I just want to tell Jeff, story. As far as these types of things, I, please talk freely about your experiences, the good, the bad, or otherwise. I think it's important oh, no, to it's be, okay. be I, transparent. I, so. Oh, no, I, I'm going to tell you a story because it, it was shocking to me. Um, I, first of all, I'm horrible at, at camera placement. I, if you, you can ask my, my wife is sitting over there listening to me and, and she could tell you stories of horrific pictures I sent and all kinds of crazy things. And so I, I'm sitting in my office and, and, uh, uh, you know, w- working at Microsoft, we're constantly reinstalling windows and doing all kinds of crazy things to our devices. And, you know, you know, it, it's, it's, yep. we're engine, you know, crazy times. Right. So, so my machine is not coming on. What is going on? You know, and and uh, so I thought, well, you know, I could I could either you know call the disability answer desk, or heck, I'm just going to use you know yeah. the, the virtual assistant, and I'm gonna I'm going to uh, uh, you know take a picture and have it tell me what it what it is, and and I knew that I was not lined up very well at all. Remember, I'm I'm pretty neophyte at, at this. I mean, and, and I'm a pretty technical user, by the way. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm 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 pretty. I'm a pretty sharp cookie, but, but I have just not been a very visual oriented type type person. There are definitely totally blind people that are Judy Dixon comes to mind and others. I mean, she wrote a book entirely on the topic. Mm-hmm. So I took this picture and, uh, it, it said a uh, picture of uh, a computer screen with clouds and blah, 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 blah. You know, like we're describing a, a Windows boot up screen. And it said uh, in the lower right hand corner, it said, uh, you know, activate Windows. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, what? First of all, I didn't believe it because I'm like, well, what, wait, why is it telling me to do that? Right. <laughs> because it was a very strange, it was a very, very strange message I hadn't seen before. So I grabbed my laptop, took it off. Uh, took it off my desk, carried it down the hall, knock on, knocked on someone's door, opened the door, and I said, "Hey, what's on the screen?" The lady said, "Oh, well, it's a picture of uh, a boot-up screen with clouds, and on the bottom right-hand corner it said activate Windows." And I said, "Oh, well, I already knew that." <laughs> and um, and and uh, and I knew that that I was not hardly lined up well at all. And so the only reason I bring this up is because it's 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 amazingly magical that. It's able to get things so precise without having the preciseness of photo. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I agree. It's, it's and, and I don't know thing. how it's doing that. I I, I don't quite. My, my, that makes my brain hurt a little bit. And, yeah. and I and and I and I'm a product maker. You know, I mean, I I mean, I work in the field. So it it this whole AI space to me is uh, is just amazingly amazingly fantastic. And you know, tomorrow is Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And um, how do you how do you envision this technology shaping the future for blind and visually impaired people? And, and, and I mean, are you are you planning on a statement tomorrow? But I mean, I, I, it's 
a really powerful thing to be thinking about right now. Yeah, we we do have a statement plan tomorrow. We don't have any any uh, huge announcements related to the product, but I think I think you ask an important question, Jeff, and that is is you know what's the vision you know of the future for this? Um, and and I, I I think I think where this goes and where I want it to go and where I hope it goes is that in the not too distant future. There is a beautiful, lightweight, highly functional, wearable device that interprets surroundings in real time, powered by artificial intelligence, providing kind of a uh, unprecedented power to the community. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where this is going to go. And I know it's what our engineering team is building on every single day. Um, as you noted, the functionality of the AI as it exists right now is quite remarkable in terms of its ability to process information, even partial information, uh, off, a, off, off an imperfect photo. And, and I think that's where, that's where this goes. And that has implications globally, right? It's a societal change. Um, um, and I just, I just hope it represents uh, a new, a new era of power for the people in our community. Yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing. Um, let's uh, let's open this up to our, our panelists. We have a number of people here, both our, from our information access committee and uh, and, and others as well. Um, I'm going to turn things over to Brian here, who, who's been doing lots of work in this space. Brian, do you have a question for Mike? Oh, yeah. So, Mike, first off, uh, I've been a user of the service off and on for years. Um, my favorite be my eye story is when I was in Las Vegas at the Sagebrush Conference, a conference of blind and visually impaired uh, business owners. And I'd always wanted to play a poker machine, but they're fully inaccessible to a yep. blind person. So I'm in the casino and I pull out my phone and I dial. I've got, I've got the money in the machine. My $20 bill has been sucked into that machine and it's ready to play. And I used be my eyes to call somebody to read me the screen so I could play. And that is awesome. That's a I new got, one for me. Brian. I got this lovely young, quite young person from Australia who had no idea what the game of poker was. So I ended up defining what the different symbols meant and would simply point my finger going right to left across the buttons to say which ones I wanted to keep and which ones I didn't want to keep. And so I, I picked a four of clovers instead of clubs mm. um, and shovels instead of spades and things like that. But I had a marvelous time, as did this young lady who was volunteering for me. That is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. I, I, I uh, I'm not, I'm not endorsing or unendorsing gambling on, on, on the service, but I think that like, what a, that, that's just, that's just, I love hearing that, Brian. It's like, uh, it's also the perfect example of how, you know, be my eyes merges technology and human kindness with a, a bit of fun in between. Right. Um, that's really neat. Thank, thanks for sharing that. Well, and look where look where the new AI model could have driven this entirely without human interaction. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe that's where you, trained, maybe that's where you're going, right? Yeah. Brian? Because it's trained on all this information, it would have not had any problem understanding that what I was looking at was a poker machine. 
Absolutely. And I could have asked it follow. And this is the part that I found the most exciting about this, quite honestly, not so much that I can take a picture and it will tell me what the picture is, but that I can do follow on questions about that picture. I, I mean, what's the best odds? Right? Yeah. How many, how many discards should I do? What's my yeah. best play here? <laughs> exactly. right? I'm pretty sure casinos are going to have a, a lot of reworking as a result of AI <laughs> right. uh, going forward. Yeah. It, it works in a variety of different ways. I took uh, a quick picture of one of my pantry cupboards, which is a total disaster. I'm a very organized person, but I live with three other people who are not. And therefore, nothing stays where it belongs. So I took a picture and it said the top shelf has jelly, mustard, and spices. The next shelf has snacks and crackers. That's great. So I asked it, what kind of jelly? And he said, the left one is Welch's grape and the right one is Smucker's strawberry. And that was terrific. Awesome. I didn't turn a bottle, whatever. So it, it's, it's important and it does play an important part in the lives of blind people going forward. As is when my groceries come in, a sighted member of the household tells me what the thing is. And I braille out a label, a peel and stick clear label and slap it on that before I put it in the cupboard. I've always been reluctant to use uh, other methods like uh, barcode readers and those kinds of things because they end up spinning cans and looking for which side of the box has the code on it and all that kind of fun stuff. But this, not thinking twice about asking an AI, is, is going to be a huge game changer for me. I have a couple of very specific questions is where how this AI interacts um, with the nature of the phone that you're carrying. I'm using a uh, iPhone 2020 SE, so it does not have LiDAR in it. Mm -hmm. But I love it because it has a home button. Uh, I should tell you that I ran the computer training center at the Carroll Center for the Blind for 34 years mm -hmm. and just recently retired. So... Uh, like Jeff, uh, I'm not a lightweight when it comes to technology. But now that I'm retired, I only have to use things I want to use. <laughs> and I want my own button. So nonetheless, the camera is a limitation in these devices. Uh, when I've tried to use them for color identification, it was, n it, it was nowhere near accurate enough for me to rely on what it said. Does this AI improve on that or have you found the volunteers are uh, knowledgeable enough and see well enough through the image they're seeing to do true color identification so it should be both brian i think long term and even now in terms of color identification on a sweater or or, or whatever um the ai is getting that right certainly over 90 percent of the time and it's probably in in the high 90s actually and so, um, in my own experience, at, both as a volunteer and looking at the data from the volunteer interactions, um, item and color uh, uh, verification and identification is a very common use case and tends to produce very high success rates on the call. So, yes, I think the AI can solve this problem. I think the volunteer can solve this problem. And the part about that that I love is it becomes the individual's choice for the method that they want to use in that moment, right? 
Um, right. And that excites me it, 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 that, that the consumer, the, the blind or low vision consumer has the choice and has the power to determine how she or he wants to get their information and access the world, which is the way it should be. One of the things that I always wanted in Be My Eyes was the ability to um, indicate what my what skill the person should have to help me out with my situation. I'm a self-taught ukulele player and trying to get any volunteer to read what they call tablature mm -hmm. in a how-to manual is almost impossible. Um, I use a combination of lots of different things to achieve my day, including um, Ira, but I don't know whether or not the person picking up my call is going to know music at all, let alone the subject I'm looking for, which is the reading of tablature, not um, piano music, if you will. How does Be My Eyes deal with that, or do you see that as an issue? It's certainly an issue right now for the volunteers, because as you said, different volunteers have different skill sets. AI will solve the tablature problem. First of all, I play guitar, so Brian, we're going to have to jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, but interestingly, the AI uh, from OpenAI is not yet trained, at least the last time I tested this, which was four or five days ago, I put sheet music in front of it, and it said, I, I don't read sheet music, which struck me as really odd, right? Because all sheet music is, is black dots and lines. It's linear. It's math, I was, right? I was going to say, that should, be a, that, that should be rather simple. So right? it's what coming. It just means that they haven't trained the model on it I yet. I understand, but I mean, yeah. you, you would have thought something, I mean, it does so many more complicated things yeah. that you would have thought that that would have been one that would have been pretty yeah. simple for it to figure out. Yeah. So, so Brian, you, you know, but you raise a really interesting kind of strategy question and a, and a future direction question for us, and that is, Look, we know that the AI is going to be able to solve that the, the problem that you're talking about right now. But at the same time, we have thought, and, and Hans, has, our founder, has often said, it would be great to have volunteers list two or three specialties that they have, and that we could then match those volunteers on a call-by-call -call basis based on, on identified need uh, from the person making the call. The question is, is should we go invest in building those specialized communities when I'm fairly certain that very highly specific and technical skill sets are going to be solved fairly easily by these AI systems? So it's just an interesting strategy question to think about. And again, since you're building currently off of um, chat GPT-4, correct? Mm -hmm. that, that there... One of the things I think a general audience needs to understand is there's two kinds of AIs. There's AIs designed to do something specific. And then there are AIs that are designed to do something general. And ChatGPT, while all it really is is a word predictor, um, does so, so amazingly that it, uh, it's hard to imagine that that's all it is. The fact of the matter is there are AIs whose specific design and uh what it learned on is music and there's others that is art and others that are um, maintaining uh things like uh biometric information 
it's the idea that this general AI is capable of a lot of things that is really kind of important. And while right now things are built on this one AI, a language model AI, um, these AIs can communicate with one another. So even though it can't read music today, they can make an arrangement with another AI that whenever it sees something it recognizes as music, it passes whatever question you have on and then relays it back to you so fast that it feels like it's the one you're working with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's, no, it's, no. It's, it's, the other way I think about this is, is think about sort of highly specialized technical support or think about any customer mm -hmm. service um, interaction you've ever had. Now think about the fact that the AI model has ingested every uh, product manual and user manual in the history of humanity. Layer on top of that, imagine that it's also ingested 25 million customer service calls and interactions to see what's most likely to find correct answers. And you can envision a future where, as you said, Brian, these models very seamlessly and very quickly give you the, the particular and specific piece of information you want at a moment's notice. That's where this is going. Mike, did you ever read the Robert J. Sawyer WWW trilogy? I did not. Oh, no. yeah, I did. Uh, if, if, if you, I'm if writing you it down to, now. If, if you want to take a uh, wild ride of just fictional account of what the world is today, go read that. Okay. There are three it's, books. It, there's three books, three and books. basically it's a, it's a, it's a story of uh, this, this girl who is blind. She's a math, you know, she's a math wizard, mathematician, and she's a high school student. And she regains her sight through the use of artificial intelligence and through this uh, character, which we won't go into too much because that would give the story away, but named Webmind. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think you'd find it quite fascinating. I think the outcome is uh, quite fascinating. It is. It's, it's available uh, on Bard and... Um, it's available everywhere. All, all of everywhere, pretty Kindle much. Yeah. And, this yeah. sounds like it's got to be, on, yeah, must read for me. Thank yeah. you. For, thank it's you. several yeah, years old, but it's good. It's several years old, but but what you were talking about of ingesting everything, uh, oh. that's that's WebMind, basically. It, 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 it goes off and, and basically reads everything on the internet and, and then communicates through this implant in her eye and yeah. Anyway, it's Mike, uh, it uh, communicates through through dots. Right. He sends visual dots representing Braille to his to her eye. And anyway, just it's, cool. uh, sounds really cool. It's, it's great. It's great. It's a fun. It's 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 a quick read. You know, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it, it's not a you know you're you're not going to get bogged down in it. It's, it's probably one of those take it on a plane and mm. and, and have a good time with it. <laughs> Mike, I want to tell you, I want to tell you my favorite be my eye story because and then I have one too because so. I. I, I I would love to be able to speculate, but I don't know that I can yet, on what AI would have done in this circumstance. But in 2017, John and I were off to uh, fly across country, and it was like I had just gotten my ticket done electronically, checked in, and we woke up at about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm on the computer, and somehow... I was in control panel looking for something and I muted something. 
No Jaws speech. None. Mm. This is long before Ira. Uh, be my eye- No, this is actually before Ira. Be My Eyes was active. So I called. Had no clues to who was I was going to get. And it was, a f- it was a guy who was up and working in Trinidad. I told him what I needed to do. Uh, and I put my phone up to the screen. He said, well, now I'm not a Windows user. I don't use Windows. I use a Mac. But we need to find out what's unmuting. So I moved the phone slowly across the screen. He looked at all of the screens. Eventually, he said, okay, tab, 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 tab. This went on for a few minutes. He said, stop. Okay, check this box. Click. There was speech. It was one of the most fascinating Be My Eyes stories that I know I've been ever been a part of because I didn't expect, when he said I'm a Mac user, not a Windows user, I thought this computer's not going on before I have to fly away. But it did, and I was able, because I needed to get onto the computer to actually print out the tickets to go. And I'm just curious, I don't have no clue as to what AI could have done uh, if it had been around back then. For sure, AI will be able to yeah. solve that problem. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, it's virtually guaranteed. And I, I've, I've done some of my own tests on, you know, mini tech support or reading the screen or figuring something mm-hmm. out. And it actually works quite well already. Um, you know, you mentioned Larry. That was Larry, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Larry, you mentioned that, that, you know, you were traveling. Um, we just did an extensive test of the tool in an airport identification of gates, reading the board for flight departures, et cetera. Um, and it performed remarkably well. Um, and so, I, I you know, I, I'm very cautious because we've all been exposed to the sort of hyperbolic cycle of new technologies, right? Overpromise, underdeliver, um, calling something a game changer or whatever. But I, I think in this case, you know, based on what I've seen so far and the data that we're seeing, this does have the potential to be transformative uh, in in millions of use cases, literally millions. I, th- I think that's one of the things that has greatly impressed me about your approach to all of this, Mike, is, is how conservative in your approach you've been in making sure that it's safe, it's accurate and dependable. Because it's not just, you know, just something that, oh, well, if it gets it wrong, it's it's okay. It's going to be truly relied upon by this community so you want to make sure that as much as possible you know it's tuned as well as it can be it's obviously it's it's you know it's not going to get everything right all the time but i love the passion you're driving here in reference to taking the time you're not rushing to market you're taking the time and doing the due diligence to to drive with quality and you know if it took you a year then or or, you know however long it's going to take it's okay I'd rather you take the time and get it right. Uh, 100% with you, Jeff. That brings an important word for me, and that is the word hallucination. One of the things we're hearing about uh, is this concept that AIs can say things with total authority that simply aren't true. Um. When I talked about the jellies on the shelf and it said Smucker's strawberry, remember I said that? Turns out it was Smucker's black raspberry jam. 
but yep. it said it with such authority that I was confident it was strawberry. Yeah. Um, and if I was allergic to strawberries, that could be a real problem. I keep telling people when you're talking about AI, you know, it's buyer beware. Just because it said it doesn't mean it's true. Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. So, uh, one of the things that happened with um, Ira was putting out uh, a real concern about people using their service to cross a street because of the liability if that individual, um, that is the person describing the scene, described it incorrectly and put the person in danger. How is being my eyes going to deal with that, knowing that AI has been known to hallucinate? Great question, important question, and we will be similarly conservative. When this launches into the wild, and actually, if you look at the beta agreement right now, we are incredibly overt and blunt about the fact that this doesn't replace a guide dog. This is not a white cane. AIs still make mistakes. Certainly, if you have an allergen on an ingredient, you can't just trust the AI uh, in that context. Medicine, right? So there are a whole host of use cases where we're going to be very overt about putting out warnings for things like that because it is still imperfect. And so on something truly high stakes, Brian, you know, the IRA example of crossing the street, right? The hour, you know, what if you're allergic to strawberries that you brought up? That's an incredibly important thing uh, to think about. And it's also goes back to Jeff's point about why we're going slowly and being cautious because safety and efficacy are number one. One of the questions we got asked, uh, we got emailed before the show was, are you planning on bringing this technology to platforms other than say Android and iOS, like for example, PC or Mac? We had a conversation about that today, actually. And I think it's, it's not part of the near-term roadmap, but I think it has to go there, Jeff, right? If you go back to the premise that I talked about earlier, we must be beholden to the consumer and his or her choice. And there are some consumers who are going to want to interact with this technology on a desktop. So that's what we're going to have to build. Now, it's not in the next six months. No, no, um, no. But, but, but it has to happen, right? You, you must meet the consumer where they want to be met if you're truly going that. to be a service provider. It's not that. an if, it's a when. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Love that. Uh, John, you had a comment. It's really just a verification. Since I've been beta testing, I've done a couple of things. Not as much as I'd like because I'm still working. But once that slows down, uh, then I'll do more. Uh, in fact, while we were talking just now, I I verified the shirt that I was wearing. And I thought it was a Disney-related shirt because of uh, my anniversary there today. So today I pointed the camera this afternoon here at my shirt. There's a little decal on it that I thought it had remembered it saying Walt Disney Travel Company. And sure enough, that's the message I got back. It's, actually, it said Travel Company, but I know that's exactly what it was. So if I had nobody around to verify that for me, and I don't, um, 
it, it worked perfectly uh, with with AI. And I guess I could have done the same thing with a live volunteer, but I'm I'm just do, using the the uh, AI just to see what it comes up with. I've done it on. Uh, cooking instructions and shirts and all kinds of stuff around the apartment. Uh, nothing really heavy duty yet, but as I think of things, then I would definitely try, try Very, it out and see what happens. That's really cool, John. Um, in, 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 look, we, I've said a bunch of times to, to not only to our team, but anytime I do an interview or anytime I talk to people in the community, we have to be transparent about our failures as well. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about a couple of places where I've seen the tool fail and, and, and also to give assurances that we're working on it. But one thing is, um, remote controls. It sometimes doesn't tell you correctly where the button is. It might identify the power button as top right and it's top left. Um, and this is, of course, really important. If think about, think about a, uh, you know, a phone system to get room service at, at the hotel, right? You're going to want to know which, which button is which, right? And hopefully you're ordering room service and not an emergency <laughs> button. Um, but so it's got to improve on things like a very busy remote controls. Now, right? now, why is it getting it wrong, Mike? Is it because, I, I mean, I can think of reasons why. I mean, there are probably what? Millions of types of remotes and they all probably look the same. So is, is it a pattern problem? Generally speaking, yes, right. Yeah. Um, usually, it's 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 recognition based on the inputs. But by the same token, Jeff, like it does confuse me a little bit because there are remotes that have the actual wording on the button, mm-hmm. right, or or underneath the button, and you would presumably say, "Well, that's that's a very linear problem." So I think it'll be solved, and I don't know exactly why uh, that's an issue that I'm seeing. The other one that I'm seeing, and this is one that I've, I've talked to OpenAI about already, is on complex uh, fully complex bills, like a, a check from a large party at a restaurant, or um, ah yes, uh, a, a, a bill from like a lengthy hotel statement. I've had errors right. on the on the total or the subtotal or the sales tax and things like that. And again, or like a bill in the mail where it's folded multiple times and the amounts are on the crease. Something exactly. Like but this is an important use case, right? That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has to be fixed. And and it will be, but like I just I, I I'm very committed to transparency about about places where where we're seeing errors. And so those are those are two that I've noticed that I, I just want to point out. But uh I don't know if you've seen any other uh it, in your experience to and I, I put this out to the whole group, but but I, I think it's really important to just be open and share when the when the technology doesn't do what we want it to do. I've seen situations where I've tested and it's all based on lighting. And if the lighting isn't quite right, then it doesn't, it's not able to read, you know, for example, signs and, and, and get things described as well as it possibly could. Um, and, and I, I found that to be more problematic recently than I thought it might've been. And I'm not sure why that is, but it tends to be if I'm in a corner of something, you know, for example, if I walk up to a door and I want to check a door number and it's not in Braille or anything, uh, and there's not a lot of light around me, it, it, it seems to struggle with that. So I don't know if that's because it, 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 if it is a lighting issue or, or what's happening there, but that's a, that's a, a case where I would have thought it would have been able to get that one. I'm gonna I, do, that. I think Sorry. it would be an appropriate thing to include in the app that you can turn on or off the flashlight the to flash. provide additional yeah. 
additional light onto those circumstances. Yep. You've just given, you just added to our, our roadmap, Brian. <laughs> yeah. That's so what I thought. And I, Cause it would be interesting to be able to, you know, tap a button in the UI, and have it turn the light on or, or at least maybe even have it intelligently go, Oh wait, it's kind of dark here. I'm going to turn the light on. I don't yeah. know if iOS allows that though. It may not, it may require user interaction though for that. I don't know. Well, we're going to have to call Sarah, aren't we, over at Apple? Yeah, we'll figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. The other biggie question that people are discussing is privacy. One of the things uh, I am reluctant to do is to allow a volunteer to see billing information because it might include my credit card number, and other identifying information um, that you know could at least slowly whittle away at somebody being able to access my funds. Yeah, or if you're trying to find the right credit card, right? I mean, yes. a lot of the and cards now are totally flat. You can't feel the numbers on them anymore. That's right. So when it comes to privacy and AI, I've always kind of taken the opinion that uh, it's information that it's collecting in the aggregate, not specific to a particular individual or transaction. Um, is that true? Uh, Would we use AI to take a look at something we feel uncomfortable having a person look at on our behalf? We're certainly going to warn against that in the near term, Brian, because, and, and again, in the interest of full transparency, right now, we're looking at all the data and saving it because we have to find failures, right? And in order to design this long-term for safety, we just need to see when the tool is, is not working well. I believe that long-term, this will be a fully privacy-protected experience. Um, a, that's my bias uh, as a human and as someone who, who um, has no interest in, in monetizing data, you know, people's data long-term over the future, right? Number one. Number two, um, very, very encouraging announcements from OpenAI over the last couple of weeks about the fact that it will not train, continue to train its models based on user data in the GPT-4 experience. Further buttressed by the fact that they've told developers that sharing data is opt-in, uh, only if they want to share data. So, um, I think OpenAI is, is both saying and doing the right things in terms of privacy right now. And I know that's going to be our plan long term to make sure that when this tool is working 99.99% of the time, um, and we're really, really happy about its safety that, that we make a commitment to do so in an absolutely privacy protected way. It's, it's, it's essential, absolutely essential. Well, before we open it up to the audience for questions, uh, cause I know it's also late where you are probably, um, uh, I think everyone would probably you know, be like, yeah, you're supposed to ask when, and I know we're, we're, you know, wanting it to take as long as necessary, but have you thought more about what this is going to look like? Uh, are you considering maybe a limited public beta uh, of some kind for users to, you know, maybe even a limited public test flight beta for people to opt in? Um, you know, maybe not even putting it in the app store, but, but doing something like that where it's a, a more controlled, uh, process where you, you you're getting more feedback from users and you know elevating the conversation you know say at 
the upcoming consumer shows across the organizations? Yeah, we, we, we talk about this every day. Um, and where we are right now in the process is we are slowly opening up the beta to additional people who are on the waiting list. Um, if you asked me about a, a launch date for general availability, I don't, I don't have one. No, that's good. Because we're going to go and respect, you know, where the data leads yep, us. Yep. Yep. In terms of a safety, uh, you know, open AI and we have, I'll be transparent. We've, dis- we've discussed, you know, boy, it'd be great to get something done by the end of Q3 or early Q4, but. I can't commit to that or guarantee that because, again, it's going to be what we learn from the beta testers and making sure that we're seeing uh, the behavior in the tool uh, that that we want to see. And so, but we are going to be expanding it uh, uh, certainly over the coming weeks. And we're, we're, I think we'll probably add a few hundred, I would think, in within the next month or two at, at minimum. Excellent. Okay. Thank you, Mike. All right. Um, before we open it up to the audience, does anyone else on the panel have questions? Okay, Brad, why don't we go to you first in Clubhouse? Uh, do you have any raised hands there? Brad, I think you're muted. Yeah, there you go. Um, we did not before. No, no, no hands in Clubhouse. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, and Angela, do we have any raised hands on the Zoom side? We have a friend. Y- yes, we do. We have Dave- David Kingsbury. Oh, yes. David, how can we help you, sir? Yes. Hello. On hello. the last, yes. Hi. On the last point that was just made, um, I don't want to overstate it, but there's maybe a little tension here. I have listened to the, uh, the demos of the, you know, the virtual assistant with Be My Eyes on both the Jonathan Mosen podcast and the Apple Viz podcast. And my goodness, this sounds like a potential real game changer. And again, uh, you, you you said how that word can be overplayed, but uh, it strikes me as pretty stunning. So, um, Jeff, you stole my fire because my question was going to be, when can I become a beta tester? Because I've been on that wait list for a month or two or something like that. And it's one thing for current beta testers to say, oh, yes, we should be conservative because you got it already. But for the rest <laughs> of us, we are chomping at the bit to get yeah. this. Yeah. So, um, well, let's let Mike answer that for you. I'll tell you what, David. So I'll tell you what. When, when, when? Well, I, I, I've not done a lot, of, a, a lot of these podcasts where we've had call-ins, and I'm not going to do it for everybody who, who subsequently asks a question. But if you get me your email through Jeff or Brian, we'll get you on. How about that? Tomorrow we'll, uh, morning. We'll, we'll, 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern we'll, time. You'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, I, look, David, you, by the way, your point is well taken. And, and, and I, 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 gotta, I think about this every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's, it's almost painful at times, right? Because I do want more people to have access to this, but at the end of, at the end of the day, I go back number one, first and foremost, always safety and efficacy, right? And until, until we feel not good about that, until we feel great about that, Mm -hmm. we're going to move slowly. But you said it, David, you took the word, you know, you, you said you were honest. You're like, it's really easy for you to say, Mike, you and these guys have it, (laughs) but like, Mm -hmm. let's get you on David. And then we'll, we'll, let's, uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, that's yeah. why I asked the question I did about about test flight because that that that's pretty an uh, it's a that's a pretty elevated 
technical skill. Most most iOS users don't have test light on their phone. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why I sort of premise that by saying, hey, you know, that might be eventually an avenue you might want to look at as saying, hey, you know, we could we could open up, you know, mm-hmm. 200 test flight uh, invites and let let the community engage, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and one, and, one, and one thing it. I'll say is I really understand actually from my gut this notion of uh, hallucinations that Brian talked about, because without going into great detail, um, I was um, a victim's a bit too hard of a word to say, but I experienced a hallucination because um, you have this whole issue of being able to, you know, um, be told, have, have um, you know, audio description given to you of, uh, or, you know, alt text that is like light years ahead of what we're used to and really wanting to believe it. And I've been suckered a little bit by what I thought was all text, but really wasn't. So, you know, I understand the, some of these tensions and I can see, you know, your, uh, your need and desire and, um, you know, feeling of responsibility for, you know, being responsible about this. So people aren't, uh, hoodwinked into thinking that, you know, a blue sweater is a red sweater or worse things than that. But, uh, boy, I think, you know, when you hear some of these demos of the things that uh, Be, I, Be My Eyes can potentially do, um, it is a, it's, you know, for me, it strikes me, it's a game changer along with when the first iPhone came out or when the white came, came out. I mean, it, it strikes me as amazing that we can potentially be able to understand images the way sighted people can understand or approach it so again i applaud you for your work but boy i want to get a hold of this so well, david david you just you know you, you you got me at a weak moment you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get on so you you got it done man we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll set you up email me uh david you know how to get a hold of me thank um, you i will i will mute myself right now thank you very much okay sure <laughs> I, I think i think bill gates said it right when when he talked about ai being as influential as the graphical user interface was and and i would actually say from a blind person perspective um it's it that's not even a comparison uh i i think that the the potential is great but i also think that we are at such a a beginning stage of this process i mean you know i don't know if you've given any thought to this mike about you know where do you think this technology will be say in three to five years i i I can't even fathom what that's going to look like i mean we're already made this tremendous leap who knows where we're going next yeah one of the things that i am concerned about going forward is uh, what we've experienced when it came to facial recognition. Uh, I had access to Google Glass at the very beginning. I was doing some work with Google at the time. And uh, it looked clunky enough that everybody who saw me wearing it assumed that somebody was talking in my ear and telling me everything that I saw, including who they were by going on the net and finding this information. So that biometric kind of privacy thing caused Apple to not include a camera in their smart glasses. What what kind of backlash to this privacy question could interfere with our ability to do what sighted people do? If you see somebody, you recognize them, you put you know face to name kind of thing. Brian, it's a huge, 
huge question, and thank you for raising it. There is a law in Indiana, I'm, I'm sorry, in Illinois, um, that precludes the, uh, the, the storing or analyzing on a biometric basis of individuals' uh, information. And so imagine if we went to a Cubs game and we took a picture of the stadium and the crowd and then analyzed it, we're in violation of Illinois law because I don't have releases from the, the, the people in the stands. I don't have releases from the players. Um, and so there will be a host of issues that we're going to have to get through related to, to privacy, you know, very, very specifically around biometric information. I think it's, you know, if you're, if it's, it's a magazine or a piece of technology or a customer service manual, that's one thing. I think when you get down to people and faces, um, it's going to be a challenge and, and, and made more so, you know, one of the beta testers in our group who uh, lost his vision about three and a half years ago was very emotional one day because uh, it was the first time he went on Instagram in four years where he actually enjoyed it and could interpret it and kind of go back and forth with friends and family. But like, that's images of people, right? And so what are we going to do from a regulatory perspective? What are we going to do from a data analysis perspective? What are we going to do from a storage or hopefully not perspective? And so it's, it's, it's a great point that you brought up. And the only thing I know is that I'm sure it will be messy. And it will be slow because the way we define these kinds of things are, so if you don't like it, sue. And then we go into the court system, which is not what we would call the most nimble of systems <laughs> determining anything. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think there's one premise here that I think that, that I wonder if the courts are going to uphold here, which is to say that if you're out in public, you, you don't really have a sense of privacy, do you? Uh, I, I mean, there's already been cases where, for example, people have taken pictures using their, their ring video doorbell and then they've sued because they've gotten a picture taken of themselves. And the courts have come back and said, well, no, actually you're in public space, so anybody can take a photo of anything. So I'm just, I, it's just fascinating to me to see how far this is going to, to, to go. Uh, I'm not really sure where this is going to end up, but it's uh, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's we will be plowing some new ground, right? From yeah, a legal uh, and regulatory perspective, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, uh, let's see. Any other hands in Zoom? No hands in Zoom. No. Okay. I think yeah, we've been pretty thorough tonight. Um, oh, there's one more hand. I didn't see it pull up here. Um the hand oh, now it's gone so it's gone yeah okay okay uh jason you've been awful quiet did you have any questions we do know good for the, oh. i am good for the moment i just am chomping at the bit like probably a lot of other people are <laughs> getting access to it okay and angela you right. said that we do have a hand yeah mary carla hayes Okay. Her to talk. Hello, I'm really enjoying this. Um, I have a quick um, question for um, seeing AI folks. Um, you mean the, the BMI folks? The, yeah, the BMI. Yeah. yeah. I always get those two confused. That's a, sorry, that's a different product, and they're not yeah, here tonight. That's a different product. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I just, although we can we can work on getting them here if you uh, yeah. would think that would be interesting. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that, I meant I meant the other. I'm just having. That's a all right. That, that that's okay. But anyhow, my question is: um, Will the be my eyes AI part of it? You know, the new part of it. Will it be? Will it work with the blind shell classic phone? You know, the blind shell classic three. I love my mm, shell, and I know the be my eyes is is on it. But I just wondered if this new app would work, or if it would be worthwhile to, or if one could beta test it on that or not mary i have to think about the technical specs but i i don't want to say give you inaccurate information uh i will follow up with that with our tech folks to to try to get you to get you an answer i don't i don't know offhand i i hope though that you know the way that we design this and roll this out will make it kind of you know almost ubiquitously accessible uh you know regardless of device but it will need obviously a certain amount of processing power and, and things like that but i will check on that for you since carla is here a follow-on question for carla is when the ai looks at something in its text if that text is not in english is it capable of speaking to me because i registered as an english speaker of rendering that text in english yes so translations work I'll give you a quick example of this. Um, my daughter was playing a video game in the living room. I stood way at the other end of the room and took a picture and only got part of the TV in it. And I said, what's on the TV? And it said, oh, that's a popular video game called Fortnite. Da -da 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 -da. And it gave me all the information. And then I said, can you tell me that in Hindi? And it did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the answer is yes. I think, I think translations are an area where this product is, is going to excel. There you go, Carla. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for the question. And by the way, thanks for the product. It is, a, you know, thanks for the service. It's a great service. And for all your research and the tireless hours that you doubtless, doubtless spend on it, I really, you know, I don't think people get thanked enough. So I just Well, want that's awesome of you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, Mike, I want to—I—I uh, I, I know that uh, we've been taking a lot of your time tonight. And we don't want to keep you too long, but I want to personally thank you so very, very much. And you're going to be back at the national convention in July, right? You're going to be presenting at the convention. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Oh, you call me Jeff. I'd love to um, you about getting you on my panel. Yes. Okay. Um, I—I think I think you have a contact form, Brian. So yeah, yes. reach out yeah. and. Uh, Maybe we can come on for the Lua uh, panel. That would be that would be great. Um, and then and maybe we can get you back in you know August September and just get an update from you, Mike, on kind of where we're at, what, what the latest changes are, and you know maybe a quick uh, 30, 40 minute sync, just kind of keep a keep our finger on the pulse of of, of where you're heading and and what the future holds. Ha happy okay. to do it. Happy to do it again, Jeff. And thanks for having me on again. I apologize for for being late. Um, no, but, you're uh, no, you're yeah, great. Was, That's fine. Just fine. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, so very, very much. Have a great evening and uh, enjoy enjoy that guitar, man. <laughs> Will do. Well, I'm still, you know, Brian and I got to pick a song for the next show. There you <laughs> go. Okay, <laughs> work on that. Yeah, get some AI voice singing in there and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sir, very, very much. Take care. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Wow, this is uh, pretty exciting. And I, and I think that we were able to ask some, some pretty probing questions wow. that did not come up on, on other podcasts, which are, which no, is great. Always no. bring a, a fresh voice to, and perspective you to what's happening well in this space. You look at the clock 
and it seems like you just got here and we're almost done. Yeah, it's really pretty crazy, moved. isn't it? Oh, it was great. Um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the Information Access Committee and and uh, what we're planning for a convention. I know that that was uh, the meeting. mentioned in the uh, in, in the announcement that went out uh, on Media Announce and on the conversation list. And just wanted to give people a heads up. We're, we're hoping that all of you will register for the convention tomorrow. Convention registration opens on the 18th. So please, please, if you're an ACB member, it's open for you. So uh, go to acbconvention.org and log into your member's account and register for the conference and convention. Uh, we're, we're really, really excited about that. We will be, uh, the Information Access Committee will be presenting at 9.30 to 10.45 Pacific time, or I guess I should do this in Central because that's exactly what Janet's doing, right? 11.30 to 12.45, uh, if my math is correct, each day. So that's the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. We are, we are uh, bringing a, a, a multi-day uh, panel discussion on web accessibility. So we, we know that this has been a, a, a fundamental core principle of our advocacy efforts. I know that Clark and, and others have been beating this drum, the advocacy committee and um, others within ACB have been really uh, pushing this really, really hard. And, and we really wanted to bring um, this to, uh, to all of you in a way where you can be empowered to make a difference for the things that you're experiencing um, when you're working on the web. So let me quickly just outline for you the, the three-day session. Um, of what's happening. It's really not three full days, but it's three days of uh, one hour and 15 minutes each day. Uh, I think we'd put you to sleep if we took the whole day and and uh, it would get highly technical then, probably would put people to sleep. And we don't want to do that because there's plenty of other things to do at the convention. So the first day, we're going to open things up with uh, Ray Campbell will be hosting and he will be um, guiding us through a conversation with our, our uh, legal team uh, Matt Hanley will be on uh, with us, and Clark and Ray and I are going to be interviewing Matt and talking about the importance of web accessibility from a legal perspective. In other words, what what are our legal rights as consumers? How does it relate to uh, private, you know, websites versus public and government websites? What does all that mean to all of you? Sort of taking out the complexity of regulation and making it a little consumer friendly for all of you. We're not going to bore you to death with this. We're not going to go too crazy with that. Uh, then uh, we're going to have Clark speak to this from a uh, advocacy perspective. In other words, what are the things that ACB has been pushing for to better the world of web accessibility? And then we're going to hear from members of the information access committee. We're going to hear from people from bits, um, who uh, do quite a bit of technical work in, in that affiliate in, around um, web accessibility and the impact that web accessibility has had both negative and positive. And that's going to end up day one. So we're sort of setting you up for what is the problem to solve? What are your rights as a consumer? Uh, and sort of some of the, some of the, um, the, you know, the thoughts of, of people who have been living in this space. Day two, we're going to start getting into the meat of empowering you. So we're going to be bringing on representatives from TPGI and uh, we're going to talk about the, the top five web accessibility concerns for consumers. And we're not going to necessarily dive into the deep 
uh, technical details of how to recognize these and what does the HTML code look like or, you know, uh, what is what, what is the appropriate markup? That's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to be focusing in on, from a user perspective, what are the top five areas of concern? Um, and then we're going to talk to you a little bit about how to approach a vendor. Do you approach them with a hammer? Do you approach them with a velvet glove? Um, do you approach them with kindness? Do you approach them with honey? You know, uh, what is the right approach here to, to be able to make sure that you're assertive, but also re representing yourself in it with a gentle voice, right? I think that's that's really important. It's all about, you know, negotiating in a structured way, right? Laney Feingold is the master of this. And um, we actually tried to get Laney uh, to, to come and, and present. And, uh, and she thinks she's going to be tied up that week. So then... We're going to have our friends from Microsoft come, and they're going to talk to us about accessibility insights. Now, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is a developer tool, and this is complicated, and this is going to be really hard to understand. And no, that's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to basically take, we're going to take the complexity out of the complex, and, uh, and, and we're going to make it simple. We're going to demonstrate to you scanning a specific site, generating a report, and being able to send that off to a, a vendor of your choosing. And sort of just giving you the basic fundamentals of the tool. We're not going to go crazy into all the rule sets and all those things. We're going to just give you the very, very fundamentals. So that if you run into a problem, you can fire this tool up. It's, you can just have it as an extension in your browser, run a report, send it off to the vendor, and say, hey... I don't know if this will be helpful to you, but here is at least some information gleaned from accessibility insights. So that's day two. And then day three, we've, we sort of defined sort of the top five problems. We've given you empowerment of, of being able to recognize those, and we've given you tools to be able to hand off to a, to a vendor. And we've taught you a little bit on the principles and how we, we would recommend that you communicate with them. But now, day three, we're going to be bringing in our friends from Freedom Scientific, along with, again, friends from IAC and BITS. And we're going to talk with you about advanced screen reader techniques to overcome the top five concerns from a web accessibility perspective. So, in other words, you've already been told what the five are. Now we're going to give you tools and techniques to at least try to overcome these problems using screen reader commands and strategies to be able to over, you know, to, to work through these, these problems so that at least you can try as much as possible to work through any concerns that you have on the web. And then finally, we're going to leave you with an opportunity and we're not going to announce it tonight. We'll wait until then, but it's already set up folks. Uh, we're going to leave you with an opportunity to engage with experts in the field that are members of ACB through a, a community approach when you run into web accessibility issues that you can at least go and talk with people who are like-minded and wanting to make a difference. And we're going to empower you to do that too. So we're going to motivate you to, to get more involved and more engaged to be able to empower yourself and empower others. So those are the three days uh, that we're planning from the information access committee. We're pretty darn excited about it. We think it's going to be pretty successful. We're hoping that a lot of you will be able to come and um, participate in that. I think it's going to be a, a dynamite uh, group of days. And uh, it's. It, I just hope I have internet by the time that date rolls around. So that's the, 20, <laughs> that's the 26th, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of June. 
from 11.30 to 12.45 Central. And everyone cross your fingers and your toes that uh, the internet gods are nice to me. And we don't have major monsoon storms or anything crazy in Arizona uh, by the time I get there. So that's all I'm praying for. It should be fun. And, and, And the great thing is for those of us who have been involved in technology, working for companies, the thing that I used to always have issues with was that some of the people, we have different skill sets of people. And, mm-hmm. and some have great skill sets, know exactly what's going on, and, and, and others don't. And this is going to be a way for us to help empower everyone. And you right. may We're not, leveling the playing field. You, right. You may not have as much experience as somebody else, but at least you'll be given some tools so that you can make some educated decisions based on what you see as you navigate through accessibility. And I think right. that's so exciting. It really is. Yeah, and, and, and I think the other thing is that we're going to leave you with uh, an ongoing tool of a- allowing you to ask questions of experts to be able to, to guide you through scenarios that we did not cover during the three days that, that, that you might want to talk about. So it's all about just continuing to empower people, continuing to elevate the conversation and, and to really make everyone more efficient and teach people how, how to fish. Uh, as much as possible and, and, and eliminate, you know, the, the, the really complex nature of trying to diagnose web, web issues. Because sometimes these are tough. Um, so, some of us have been doing this a really long time and, and we still have to consult with others on some issues. They're, this is not a, the, the web is, a, is the wild, wild west of the internet. And that's so, so true. Uh, so what we might see one person do could be done entirely differently by someone else. And so sometimes it takes truly a village of people to solve complex problems, but that's why we're all here to help you and to lend a hand and to empower each and every one of you to achieve more. So Brian, did you have any comment on all that? I'll tell you that over the years, one of the biggest problems we've had in the blindness community was we complained to one another and not to somebody who could actually do something about it. Right. Part of this is technique. Part of it is developing a little bit of a vocabulary so that you sound like you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Also, it's all a moving target. So you may have felt you really understood things before and then they changed that website on you. Fine. We'll tell you a little bit of how to articulate that situation to the company that you're interacting with, whether it's the software developer or it's a commercial entity. I was listening to Eyes on Success this morning, uh, which is uh, if it used to run here on on media. I don't know if it still does. Does it still run on uh, ACB Media? It doesn't, I, but we need to get it back. Yeah, I think we do need to get it back. I think yeah, I think it Peter. really does provide a really invaluable right. uh, resource. Um, Jamie Tay was on uh, from from uh, the Mozilla Foundation. Of course, that they're the makers of Firefox, and they were talking about all of the enhancements to Firefox that that have been going on, and all the performance increases, and you know all these things that have been happening in this space. And they they brought up you know so so why is the web so complicated? You know what 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 is driving this problem so much and and, and he just pointed out one thing and he says, you know, uh, it, it's as simple as just people not using controls that are standard. Uh, and he pointed out, you know, like a date picker or a calendar control. 
He says, everybody seems to want to just design their own. And, and that is so true. And he's like, you know, we have one built into Firefox. And if everyone would just use that, then the web would be more accessible because it's fully accessible. So again, it's about, you know, developers making choices that sometimes are not the right choices to be made because they, they think that they're either easier because they look great or because they're just easier to deploy. Or for, I mean, there's all kinds of technical reasons why this happens. But, you know, pointing out that, okay, yeah, this date picker is here, but I can't act. I can't select a date via the keyboard. Well, that's a problem, right? I mean, it's as simple as you know, keyboard access. Can I can I do everything that you can do with the mouse with the keyboard? I mean, it's fundamental core, you know, accessibility concepts here. Uh, very very basic stuff here. So, yeah, excellent, Again, excellent. Being able to uh, articulate what your user experience is. Yep. We're not promoting that you know we are technical experts but we know what we know from a user perspective that's right and we we want people to make a real point of not just you know, it's kind of like when doing a web search if the first item on a web search is inaccessible to you what do you do you move to the second choice and the third choice until you come across a choice where you can get what you're looking for. Yep. And we don't stop to let the ones that don't have appropriate access to them, let them know that that's the case. There's only so much you can do by going to somebody else. Sometimes you have to take the time to, to do those little asides going on. And I think that eventually individuals will develop a pattern of doing that for the greater good, for the greater good. You know, six years ago when I started at Microsoft uh, a second time working on the Windows accessibility team, it, w w one of the things that I, I was struggling with was, uh, you know, focusing so much on the quote technical problem as opposed to the user experience uh, of, uh, of, of an actual problem. And it, and it took it took a couple of projects to really switch that, you know, I mean, I'm a, I've been a developer, I've been all these different things throughout my career, you know, since 1987. And it took a little bit of a, of a mind shift to be able to, to, to do that. And um, I tell you, it, it makes a significant difference. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in this presentation as well about, you know, making sure that you're focusing in on the quote user experience. But it's also important to make sure that that the person, as much as possible, hears things from a user experience perspective and not from a technical level, because some a lot of technical uh, people will focus on the technical problem and they're going to try to think of solutions to all the problems, and they're not truly representing or getting or getting conveyed to them all of the refiner you know refined details of the user experience of the problem. So. It's it's an interesting, you know, product making is fascinating. Uh, it's 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 not so much a technical art as much as it is a listening art, and it's uh, it takes a it takes a combination of both to be able to achieve it, and you have to balance the the two together, and it's uh it's it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, real. So this is going to be a fun presentation, and we hope that uh, a lot of you are going to be able to come and attend that presentation. Uh, it will be um, it will be all virtual. It will be before the actual convention starts, you know, be during the pre-convention 
portion of, of the convention. So it's all on Zoom. So 11.30 to 12.45 each day, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yep, we'll be working on a Saturday. Eastern, no, Central. No, Central, Central. Central. Central, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I've I've been doing that, too, though, Brian. That's been a little little crazy. There you go. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I know we're we're ending a little little bit early, but uh, I I don't know if we have too much time. Do we have any um, questions or comments from either Clubhouse or Zoom? Yes, we do. And you're in Zoom. Okay. There is a phone number 650-155. Okay, let's take that. Uh, This is Roger Peterson. Hey, Roger. Roger. I want to say that I feel as though having been president chair of the Information Access Committee in a in a previous archaeological age, that uh, I feeling I'm feeling pretty good right now as to what I had some small part in creating. I'd like to call guys, especially two of my oldest best friends, uh, Jeff Bishop and Brian Charlson. You, you know, you know, Roger. Do you remember when you interviewed me at Telesensory back in 1988? I believe I do. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? I remember that. I remember like that. I remember that. Like, very, I'm a smart very Alex college student, I think. I, I was I was a smart something, all right. <laughs> I'm not sure about. Yeah. So right. I, I remember yeah. when Brian was lived in Oregon. That's right. Way back in the day. Oh back my goodness. Day. We. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to remember that back that far, Roger. I really don't. I, I was watching a piece on YouTube the other day, and boy, does that make me feel old. You know, <laughs> what was well, your computer? Old, sitting uh, here with my Zoom and my rocking chair, and uh, <laughs> everything's all right. There, there you go. go. Thank well, you, thanks, Roger. Thanks for raising your hand and talking to us. We appreciate Roger, it. you should call. We should chat sometime. I, I would love to do that. Okay. All right. The deal. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, see you later. (laughs) Any other uh, hands? Yeah, we did that about five days ago. He called. Yes, there is Debbie Hazelton. Debbie Debbie Hazelton. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Debbie. How are we going to do this in five minutes? Oh, I don't know. So no. I just have to, you just have to speak really fast. Yes, Debbie. you do. I have to speak what? You have to speak really five fast. Minutes. We have five minutes left. Really fast. Okay. I just wanted to say it was a really great show, and I'm excited. I've been leery about this AI, and now I'm really interested. I've been playing yeah. with it, but I'm really interested in what Be My Eyes is doing, and all of this is really good. Very exciting. It really is. It, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It Boy, is. This two hours went by really, really it, fast. I, 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 yeah. That hour with Mike went by astronomically well, fast. I'm so I wanted. I had my hand up, but I didn't get in when he was there. But very impressive. Very, very. Do you have a question? Yeah. Do you have a question you, you know, wanted to ask us? No, I just wanted to say to him, "What integrity." I'm really impressed, uh, I and agree. I want to get on. I want to get on that as well. Yep. Well, we'll see what we can do to help you there. Um, yeah. We'll, uh, cool. we'll, yeah, yeah. I was very impressed with that. I, I was, you know, most companies do not take that approach of taking the time to do it right and making sure that we, they ship something with, you know, significant integrity to make sure that it's going to meet the needs of the community. And boy, they're, they're, they're doing it right. I don't care how they're long it takes be them. They're going to be big. 
they're gonna they're gonna yeah. blow this thing way up in an yep. incredible way. Yep, yep. It's yeah. uh, I I don't I don't I think people highly underestimate what they're going to be bringing to the table. Oh so. yeah, I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But no, no, no. It's fantastic. Good to hear your oh. voice. Yes. Thank you, and, thank you, Debbie. We're assuming that it's not an AI voice. I'm guessing. It, and no, it is not. She is definitely real, Debbie. Hazel. There you go. This is the shortest conversation. And she will be I've at convention, by Debbie. the way, Brian. Oh, great! Great. So you'll be able cool. to see her, uh, and she won't even be an AI. She'll no. be the real, you know, the Debbie real deal. That's the real that's deal. Yeah. I am so Good looking deal. forward to this convention, Jeff. I cannot begin to tell you. I'll be disappointed that you will continue to be virtual. I will. Yes. I, I, I will send my AI representative, though. A mythical there you character. Go. Don't okay. be surprised if we call you on our phones while we're out to dinner Having together. Having a great time. That's fine. That would be great. great time. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll have internet. I can talk to you. I have no idea. We'll see. We'll see. Well, listen, I want to thank Brian and John and Larry and Brad and Jason and Mike and uh, all the callers that called in today. And am I missing somebody? Did I get everybody? Uh, I think about our facilitator, Angela. Oh, Angela. And Angela, yes, and Angela, yes, yes. Now, yes. do we? Thank you, Angela, very, very much. Do we have any uh, the teas in June? We do not because we are 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 all things convention, right? So right. we are taking June off. Good. And I suspect that um, we, we'll, we'll see. We will see about July. We yep. traditionally have taken July off as well, just because so, we've had other activities going on. Yeah, it might be August, but that we'll may not be we'll that see. may not be true this year. Yeah. So yeah. we will let you know. Um, and if we do have a show, it's going to be all about you know what technical nuggets did we bring back from convention and what did we learn, and we'll probably do a, a large roundtable and bring mm -hmm. together some people and and, uh, and and do something like that, and we'll have. We'll have some other announcements and things of that nature to, to talk about. I'm sure there will be new products to talk about, oh, sure. new things to discuss. Sure. You know, who, who knows? We'll. Uh, I think we'll have the we'll have the new. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Orbit Speak out by then. Yes. I think so. I think we'll have some, that to talk about, and uh, so I think there's there's plenty there. So, Larry, thank you for mining the ship here and driving the bus and uh, helping us with all that. You're welcome. And we'll see everybody at the Information Access Committee uh, sessions at convention. We'll see you in the virtual sessions. We'll see you at convention. Enjoy the convention, everybody. Enjoy, uh, give everybody a big hug from me and uh, in enjoy all the great time that everyone's going to have. Say so good night, everybody. 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 <laughs>